Hello, everyone. It is my pleasure to welcome you to the Teacher's Tribe podcast. I am your host, Maxine McFarlane, a Jamaican educator living in the United States of America and a nurturer of minds and hearts. The Proverbs keep coming to my mind, and I am happy with the perspective that these thoughts bring. This week, I'm actually contemplating two sayings that keep me grounded during this time of virtual teaching. They are one, one hand wash the other, and two, one hand can clap. Today's message and tips are directed at parents, caregivers, and teachers. As I continue to work in a virtual environment, I know I am not alone with some of the challenges that I am facing. Supporting our children while learning during a pandemic is definitely the time to apply these sayings. Let's think about it together as I offer some tips for these times. Keep listening. Many of us would agree that staying united and supporting each other will be beneficial when going through difficult times. That is why I am calling attention to these two Jamaican sayings today. One hand can clap. The translation, one hand cannot clap. And the meaning is you have to work with others to achieve a common goal. You just can't do it alone. And the second one is... One hand wash the other. Translation, one hand washes the other. And here's the meaning and explanation for that one. You help me and I'll help you. Teamwork and cooperation are needed to achieve goals for the common good. Teachers are working under highly stressful conditions this year. Under normal circumstances, teaching can be very stressful and is a demanding profession. Things have significantly intensified and many are wondering if teaching this way is sustainable. Many have already decided that it is not and they have either tendered their resignations or resigned. As I said in episode 15, entitled If At First, we're building the plane while we're flying it and adaptation and resilience are constantly being practiced. Our teacher training programs did not prepare us for this, and the expectations are still extremely high. Parents are also under pressure. Many of them are actively engaged in doing something for which they have had no professional training. They're juggling home, work, and their children in a time that is different from anything they've been through before. We have many difficult decisions to make that have far-reaching effects on our children, our families, our jobs, and our total health and well-being. There are no easy solutions, and in some cases, we don't even have answers. The reality is we are in an onerous situation And I suggest that teamwork and cooperation will prove to be beneficial to get through it. Teachers, one hand can clap. We cannot do it alone. Even highly qualified educators 
with many years of experience need to collaborate with others. We must engage parents and keep the communication lines open so that together we can figure out how to support our students, their children. It can be as simple as offering reassurance about how committed we are to their children's education. We can make ourselves available, within reason of course, to provide one-to-one support when needed because the general information may not work for every family. Let us do what we can to help parents to understand that they can do little things that are very important to their children's success. Acknowledge them when they do so and never take it for granted. We may have to set aside our expectations at times, even when they are reasonable. Take the time to appreciate and acknowledge parents for simple things, like waking up their children for school, preparing healthy meals, providing a suitable learning environment at home, keeping their devices charged, ensuring that they log in for class at scheduled times, offering reminders and checking if assignments are being completed. And I can hear some people saying, well, that's what parents are supposed to do. Yes, they are supposed to do it, but it doesn't hurt for us to appreciate it when it's done and acknowledge the parents for doing so. I had an incident this week that provided such an opportunity. I was getting ready for a meeting with my colleagues when I received a message from a parent asking for support with a math problem that her child was working on. She mentioned that she, that is the parent, knew the answer to the problem, but the child was struggling. The part of her message that meant a lot to me was when she mentioned that she wanted to ensure that the child was doing it the way I had taught it in class. Now, I'll admit that I am teaching math in a much different way than I learned it as a child. I see value in the approach that emphasizes conceptual understanding as opposed to the predominantly rote learning method that was used when I was growing up. Well, I happily met with her and my student and provided the support needed. The parent took notes and even copied what I wrote on the whiteboard while I was explaining. I used that opportunity to tell the parent how much I appreciated her support because she could have just told the child the answer. I made it clear that her decision to reach out to me showed how much she's supporting the child and it sends a strong message to the child that we are working as a team. As teachers, we must make it clear to parents that we are going to be successful if we work together. We can't wake the children up for school and get them ready for the online experiences. That is their job. We should solicit their support in that regard while assuring them that we will be ready to welcome their children and do our jobs. Our job is to teach their children. As we gain their confidence, I believe that the parents will be more willing to support us as we work toward the common goal. Remember, one hand wash the other. You help me and I help you. I also want to address parents and caregivers. We have a valuable and irreplaceable role to play in our children's educational success. 
While some of us may feel inadequate because we do not know much about the various learning management systems or the coursework that our children are required to complete, we can be their biggest cheerleaders. It is a difficult time for our children and they are navigating something that we haven't seen before. We wish we could offer guidance as a result of our own experiences, but we don't have any. However, all is not lost. We can do our part to support them and their teachers as they navigate this new way of learning. We have two high schoolers at home and I see the struggle every day. One of my sons recently told me that I was doing too much when he noticed that I was wearing business casual attire and perfume. I got up and showered and got dressed, you know, like I would if I were driving to work. He doesn't understand why I would choose to do that when I was teaching from home. Of course, I got on my soapbox about being a professional and showing up fully in my role as an educator. Although my attire does not impact my teaching per se, I believe it sets the tone for my mindset. I want to show up in my virtual classroom, which is also my students' homes, as a teacher ready to engage my students in the world of learning. I want their parents to know that I am serious about their children's education and I am here to do my job. I know that other educators will say they would prefer to dress more casually and feel relaxed and comfortable while teaching. I offer no judgment if that is your choice. I know I have been influenced by the way I was trained in teacher's college and I'm comfortable with my choice. To each his or her own. The point I'm making is that I want to encourage my child to show up in the learning environment ready to put his best foot forward. I have further encouraged them to engage fully in learning activities by participating and being respectful to their teachers and classmates. In our school district, because my boys and I are in the same, I teach in the same school district that they go to school. Um, so the students are not required to have their cameras on during virtual live classes. As a teacher, I understand how difficult it is to gauge how well students are assimilating what is being presented when you can't see them. I encourage my sons to turn on their cameras as a simple way to support their teachers. Their father will sometimes comment that he didn't hear their voices during a class period when he walked by the hallway outside the rooms where they are learning. We want them to be fully present and to work hard so that their teacher's workload can be a bit lighter. In this virtual learning world, communication continues to be important. Last year this time, I could simply walk over to a colleague's classroom to ask a question, get feedback, or have a conversation during our planning period or lunch break. Now, all of those simple interactions have become emails. I try to limit my emails to my children's teachers because I can only imagine how many they get each day. Teaching several classes in different class periods is a lot to keep up with. When I do send an email, I take the time to ensure that it is carefully worded. I want the teachers to know that even when I am expressing a concern, I am approaching it with a supportive mindset and I am reaching out so we can collaboratively come up with a solution. 
When I receive information via or messaging app, I take the time to say thank you or share a short message of encouragement. I attend meetings such as meet the teacher night or any other meeting that's planned by the school because I want to show that I am willing to be supportive. Most times these events are scheduled after school and I recognize that teachers are participating outside of their contract hours. I take a moment to express appreciation and acknowledge that they have gone the extra mile by working through such a long day. These are simple gestures, but since I also sit on the other side of the fence as a teacher myself, I know those things mean a lot. One hand wash the other. Teachers cannot do it alone, and I must do my part to support them and my children. The teacher should not be the only one holding our children accountable for their work. Since I am many years removed from high school and didn't even take some of the courses that my sons are doing, I am not familiar with the content. I also went to high school in another country and under a much different educational system. However, I have access to their grades, syllabus, and required coursework, so I try to keep up with consistently monitoring them. <laughs> I was a bit amused when one of my sons recalled an incident from last school year when I asked him about a grade or an assignment that I saw and he referred to me as the grades Nazi. Well, I'll take it because I'm doing my job as a parent. Parents, let's try to take the extra load off teachers' plates so they can do the job they were trained and hired to do. They are already attending to so many moving parts, especially in the virtual classroom, and they would appreciate having even one less thing to worry about. They shouldn't have to be monitoring if students have eaten or had enough sleep last night. I know caring teachers do that, but they already have so much to attend to. They go the extra mile for their students and families. But remember, one hand can clap. Let's join forces with them and get through this together. I found a story online recently that I believe beautifully illustrates the essence of my message for this week. It was told by Sanjita Goel. I hope I'm saying her name correctly. She's a storyteller from India. And here's the story that she shared. Once upon a time in a jungle lived two good friends, the monkey and the elephant. One day, an unusual quarrel broke between the two about what was better. While the elephant advocated it was better to be strong, the monkey was adamant that being fast and agile was better. Unable to resolve the matter, they headed to the wise owl and posed the same question to him. The owl promised to answer the question, provided these two undertook a challenge. Far away across the river, there was a tall tree and a golden fruit hung from it. It was next to impossible to get the fruit from that tall and that huge a tree. But the owl would answer the question only once he had the fruit. So the monkey and the elephant set out on their journey to bring the fruit to the wise owl. When the monkey reached at the banks of the river, he realized 
that the river was too deep for him and the currents too strong. The elephant saw his friend and asked the monkey to climb on his back and together they crossed the river. When they reached the tree, the elephant tried to fell the tree, but the tree was huge and wouldn't budge. So the monkey climbed up the tree, plucked the fruit, he climbed down, sat on elephant's back, and they reached the wise owl. The owl then asked, Of the two of you, who brings this fruit to me? The monkey said he did because he plucked the fruit from the tree. And the elephant said he did because he helped the monkey get onto the other side of the river. The wise owl at this point stopped the argument and said, Each of you has your abilities and strengths. While one is not superior than the other, individually they are not very effective. But collaboratively, as a team, you have achieved the impossible. All because you used your strength at the right time to do the right thing. Last year, I was speaking to my colleagues about a team-building activity and shared the idea that we need to be united in purpose as we navigate through the school year. My team has pretty much adopted that idea as a theme for us. This is also quite applicable to what we need to do as parents, caregivers, and teachers this year. If you have listened to previous episodes, you should realize that my thoughts would not be complete without a quote. Interestingly, I found one this week that conveys a similar message as the idea that I shared with my colleagues. It is attributed to Woodrow T. Wilson, and it says, and I quote, we cannot be separated in interest or divided in purpose. We stand together until the end. End of quote. I believe we will eventually see the end of the pandemic. Until then, let's commit to be united in purpose because one hand can't clap. And let's make sure that one hand wash the other. Until the next episode, walk good and one love.